This is an exclusive presentation of high school sports. It's time for the Masters Heating and Cooling Game Night in Fort Wayne. Get live updates from the stadiums and listen to all the final scores as they come in. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Parkview Sports Medicine. Also brought to you in part by Indiana Physical Therapy and Pizza Hut. Here's your host, Brett Rump. Welcome, everybody, to a unique night of regional championships. I am Brett Rump in studio, and we are going to bring you for the next three hours live updates on all our Fort Wayne area regional participants. We've got games going all over the state. In fact, Homestead is at Westfield. That game is going to kick off here in just a couple of minutes. Also, Dwinger at Zionsville, Marion at East Noble, Concordia at Chatard, Lures at Tipton, South Adams at Southwood. We're following all of that action, but we're also following teams that they could feed into and might meet in the semi-state next week. We're going to have all of it for you throughout the night. We hope you just sit back and enjoy live, real-time updates on the scoring. And let's go ahead and start by getting right to our current scores right now. Uh, down in Zionsville, it was Zionsville that took the early 6 to nothing lead, but Dwenger has responded. And right now, the Bishop Dwenger Saints lead Zionsville 7-6. to six. That game midway through the second quarter. Also, you've got... East Noble with a 3 to nothing lead over Marion. That game at the end of the first. Down in Indianapolis, Indianapolis Chatard leads Concordia 14 to 10. You've got Lures up 17 to nothing on Tipton. That game just about to halftime. And the shootout going on at Southwood has South Adams leading Southwood 21-14 with 8.30 to go in the second. Shannon, I know you're uh, you're following updates. Do we have an update? Yeah, well, Dwanger is up now 14-6 to and just got a big uh, pick on uh, on the next drive by Zionsville, and we just see that uh, Bishop Lures just scored again, so they're up 23 to nothing late in this with 43 seconds in the second. That game's a little surprising, as I thought it would be more of a balanced shootout as opposed to one lopsided shootout. Yeah, the Bishop Lures defense stepping up against Tipton, and that's a Lures defense that has been leaky at times this year. Last week, they gave up 49 points to Eastside, in a 56-49 to victory. And Eastside had a lot of those points in the second half, so we'll see if Lures can keep it up. But on the road, the Knights, with a couple of quick scores late in the second quarter, now lead at 23 to nothing over Tipton, the Blue Devils. Uh, so, once again, where we're at right now, we have Dwenger that has taken the 7-6 to lead over Zionsville. That game about midway through the second quarter. You've got East Noble leading Marion through Three to nothing. You've got Chatard fourteen to ten over Concordia. That game in the second quarter. You have Tipton or Lures twenty three to nothing over Tipton and South Adams twenty one fourteen over Southwood. Things changing rapidly as we go. Uh, Shannon, we just got an update on the Bishop Dwenger Zionsville score, and the Saints have extended their lead fourteen straight points after falling behind six to nothing. You talked about this game before we came on the air. And you said it seems like Dwenger's got bus legs. Yeah. They're a little sluggish to start. And Zionsville actually had a touchdown called back because of a holding penalty, or they would have been up two scores uh, in the first quarter of that contest. But it seems like the Saints have kind of figured it out now, and they've uh, they got a 
a 14 to 6 lead. Yeah, and you know they had a big interception, uh, you know, there in the late in the second uh, quarter. But yeah, they came out a little bit uh, uh, sluggish. They were driving the ball and. Uh, Lytle fumbled and they scooped and scored, so that's how Zionsville got up on the boards first. But they were a little sluggish. It seems like they've got their bus legs back a little bit now. And uh, you know, the other one that comes across the line, you know, uh, the other game that I thought was going to be a good one is the South Adams Southwood. We talked about that earlier. That's a 21-21 ball game as both offenses are just big, basically trading uh, big play after big play. And uh, that's been a, a game. It's got 7:09, I believe, left as we uh, head into the second end of the second 7:09, second quarter, 21-21, South Adams Southwood. You know about that game, Shannon? South Adams is scoring. Southwood is bouncing right back and answering. So every time South Adams takes a lead, uh, it, it doesn't take long for Southwood to respond. The Southwood <laughs> passing attack and quick strike offense has been really doing the job against South Adams and. You know, you got two teams that are ranked in the top three in the state. You expect it to be a tight battle. That game is at Southwood. Anytime you wear the number one ranked target on your back, like South Adams does, you know your opponent is going to have you marked on the schedule. They're going to be prepared. And if you remember a year ago... We thought that South Adams was a team that was going to roll all the way down to Lucas Oil Stadium. And unfortunately, so did they. And they kind of overlooked that uh, that uh, that game against Adams Central at the regional last uh, last year. And so this was the round where they stumbled. And with both those teams being unbeaten, this is the toughest test South Adams is going to have. They've not trailed in the game. Yeah. And that might be important because they, you know, you look at what South Adams has done this year. They've built big leads in the first half they've uh, I mean they've been up 40 points or more against a number of teams and so when you look at South Adams if Southwood takes the lead how does South Adams respond how do they handle that pressure right especially knowing that they're the team expected to make it to state this is the final go-around for an outstanding senior class led by James Arnold their quarterback but you've got so many weapons with Stutzman outside Trey Shock uh, Aiden Warner you've got Nick Miller at tight end <laughs> Christian Somerset the running back all these guys have been names we're very familiar with because we've seen them for three years. And so this is their last opportunity. The pressure will mount if they were to get behind in this game. So far, they keep taking the lead, but Southwood, like a good team does, they've been they've been finding the answer and scoring quickly to respond. Yeah, and, you know, they're a very good team. They're very similar. That's why I thought watching their tape during the week is that I was uh, pretty – uh, impressed with Southwood having not seen them, how much they reminded me of South Adams on both sides of the ball and on offense, spread uh, spread you out, get the ball in space to their athletes to do the one-on-one and I think what we talked about earlier today, when South Adams gets punched in the nose how do they respond? Do they, you know, they get tight because they're, you know, all of a sudden they found a team that's playing them, you know, stride for stride or does a kid like Jason Arnold and Nick Miller take the team and, you know, get them going? And so far, I'd say that's what they've done. They haven't been in a position where they're forcing things. They've reached halftime down in Indianapolis between Chattard and Concordia. This was a game, Shannon, when we looked at it on paper, 
and, and this is the tough thing about the Summit Athletic Conference is they don't play non-conference opponents, so you really can't measure them other than against themselves. And so until you see them go play teams like this, we have no gauge as to just how strong the conference is overall. But Concordia, you know, you look at their record and you think, okay, a 6-5 and five team going down and taking on a one-loss Chittard team, and the only blemish on their record is against Cathedral. We know how dominant Cathedral can be. In fact, you know, Cathedral went right to the final play against Center Grove, and many people consider Center Grove to be perhaps the best high school team we've ever had in Indiana. That's how good Cathedral has been. And Chittard, who's only lost to them among their uh, games this year, and, and they come in to this game tonight with uh, uh, with a pretty impressive record. So. Uh, you look at that matchup, and they're 14 to 10. Concordia within a score. Now, I don't know who's going to get the second half kickoff, but you know that's respectable for Concordia. And we've talked before: can Concordia's defense keep them in football games? And so far, even though Chatard came out. And again, you talk about the bus legs, kind of punched him in the mouth early. And Chattard jumped out in this game and had the uh, the early lead. But Concordia responded down uh, at one point, 14 to nothing. Concordia kicked a field goal to make it 14 to three and then scored another touchdown. So I think Concordia maybe has gotten their legs back because that's the other factor in the Summit Athletic Conference. There's not long bus trips. So these guys that went two hours tonight to go play, like Dwanger down at Zionsville, Homestead at Westfield, Concordia at Chittard, they're not used to these kind of trips on a Friday night. No, and, uh, you know, Homestead took the option of playing an 8 o'clock kickoff to give them a little bit more time. But I think with Concordia and what we had seen and said going into the tournament and into the playoffs, they had to develop Drew as a formidable running attack. And I think they've been able to do that to help Davis and not to him having him to shoulder the entire offense. So I think that is what helping him because Drew is such a, uh, a a good running back, big, solid kid. And with Davis, I think they're a formidable one-two punch that they can get their play-action game going and keep keeping a Shatar defense guessing a little bit. So I think they're in a great position being in striking distance, not letting things get out of hand, and now they got themselves in a ball game for the second half. Taking a look ahead at the semi-state pairings and the possible pairings that we might have for our area, not assuming that our teams will advance, but if they do, Homestead would be at home should Elkhart defeat Merrillville. And at last look, Merrillville had a 14 to nothing lead over Elkhart. Um, and so Homestead would be at home to Elkhart, but they would have to take the two-hour trip west to go play <laughs> Merrillville. Uh, meanwhile, in 5A, Bishop Dwenger would be at home if Valparaiso remains unbeaten and defeats Mishawaka. But Dwenger would go on the road to play Mishawaka. In Class 4A, East Noble would be on the road regardless at either Hobart or Logansport. For Concordia, Calumet wins over Mishawaka Marion, and Mishawaka Marion 11-0 going into play tonight. Concordia would be at home against Calumet, but they would go to Mishawaka to play Marion next week. And for Bishop Lewers, they would have a home game against Pioneer, but they'd have a road game against Andrean. I think that Pioneer-Andrean game could be one of the best we have 
have in the state. The Andrean has always been a solid mid-school or smaller school type of football program. And, of course, we followed Pioneer the last three or four years, and even bumping them up a class because of success factor points hasn't slowed them down at all. Um, we mentioned that Bishop Lewers has that 23 to nothing lead over Tipton. We want to get a quick update on the first half because uh, it's been impressive. Bishop Lewers' defense, which has not been the strength of the Knights this year, with a big goose egg on the board against the Tipton Blue Devils in Tipton. Joining us to give us a quick report on this game is John Feltz. And, John, just the tone of the first half of what you've seen. Lures has been physical, and they've matched the intensity of Tipton, and they've gotten off to a great start. Yes, Brett. Lures has come out strong on defense. As you know, they've had some struggles over the, over the season in the playoffs, but before the game, Coach Lindsay talked about coming out early and coming out playing physical, and that's what they've done. They had two first-half interceptions, and Carson Clark to Brody Glenn continues to be a bright spot on offense. So Lures' defense is definitely stepping up, but the offense is playing great as well. We'll keep following it. Appreciate the update, John. We'll talk to you then in the second half. That is John Feltz joining us live from Tipton on a report from the Bishop Lures Knights and the Tipton Blue Devils, a game that Lures is leading 23 to nothing as they uh, they are at the half. Once again, our full scoreboard checking uh, what we have going on right now. The Bishop Dwinger Saints lead Zionsville 14 to 6. That game now getting late into the, the uh, second quarter. We also have East Noble with a three to nothing lead at last report that was at the end of one quarter over marion you've got uh indianapolis chatard at halftime leading concordia 14 to 10 they just started the third quarter down at chatard lures as we mentioned with a 23 to nothing lead at tipton and south adams Southwood all tied up 21 apiece. That game continues to move through the uh, the second quarter, and we've got an update. Southwood has taken the lead, and Shannon, this is something we talked about. How does South Adams respond to being down in a football game? It's not a place they've been accustomed to. No, and this will be a good test for them. And you remember when we saw them earlier in the year against Adams Central, they had a lot of problems offensively in terms of penalties. So hopefully they're they've got themselves that behind them and we'll see how they respond here I, I i got a good feeling that these kids will respond well and and uh, i just saw uh on the twitter here it looks like uh, uh westfield has gone up 7-0 on homestead taking their first drive and going down the field and score well, that's going to be the challenge for Homestead. Defensively, can they stop the Westfield uh, Shamrocks? And uh, on the first drive of the game, they do not. Westfield takes the early 7 to nothing lead over Homestead. That game just underway down in Westfield. So, giving you a quick update on scores before we take our break and uh, come back. It is first quarter score with Westfield leading Homestead 7 to nothing. We've got Bishop Dwenger 14 to 6 over Zionsville. That eating Marion 3 to nothing. Also, Chatard with a 14 to 10 lead over Concordia. Cadets with the ball starting the second half. You've got Lures over Tipton 23 to nothing. 
in this in at halftime and then you've got southwood who has taken the 28 to 21 lead over the number one team in the state the south adam starfires they play in the second quarter with about 340 remaining before halftime we're going to take a time out we're going to come back plenty more we're here until 11 o'clock i am brett rump with shannon griffith john graham working the studio as our producer tonight it's a special edition of fort wayne high school football regional Game night. Now back to the Masters Heating and Cooling Game Night in Fort Wayne. Welcome back to the studios of 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. I am Brett Rump with Shannon Griffith. It is game night, and we are here until 11 o'clock, bringing you all the updates from area high school football regionals, giving you updates as we have them in real time. We've got Westfield leading Homestead 7 to nothing as Westfield took the opening possession, went down the field, and jumped out quickly on the Homestead Spartans. You've got Bishop Dwenger after falling behind 6 to nothing to Zionsville. The Saints have scored 14 in a row. They now lead it 14 to 6. That game uh, is now at halftime. You've got East Noble with a 3 to nothing lead at the end of the first quarter against Marion. And Shannon, when you look at that game and you consider the question we had going into it was, could East Noble's defense shut down the high-powered Marion Giants offensive attack and so far so good through one quarter of play. Yeah, and, you know, East Noble's a, a formidable opponent, and, you know, the biggest challenge there they are going to have is matching up, athletically speaking, and uh, so that so so far right now, you know, they're taking advantage of that bus trip that Marion may be trying to get their legs underneath them a little bit. Do get an update on that. So much for that defense because <laughs> it is now 14-3. to Marion wow. has taken in the lead. So Marion leads it 14 to 3 over East Noble. Marion got uh, uh, a Malachi Silman uh, run from two yards out after a 32 yard run. That uh, got them into position. Then they punched it in. It became 7 to 3. Marion at that point, uh, unfortunately for East Noble, they allow a 50 yard punt return on the ensuing possession. And uh, that takes it down to the East Noble 6, where a quarterback option. Gets it in from the one on fourth and goal. 14-3, to Marion now with the lead, and that game is being played in the second quarter. So uh, we've got Chittard and Concordia. They've got a tight battle. Chittard 14-10 to over the Cadets, but the Cadets started the third quarter with the football, and Brandon Davis throws a pick. Now you've got a penalty marching Chittard back, so Chittard has the football at their own 39-yard line, and they play in the third quarter with Chittard leading at 14-10. to Also, you've got Bishop Lewis at halftime leading at 23 to nothing, and Southwood with a 28-21 lead over South Adams. The Starfires score the touchdown to make it 28-27, and an extra point ends up getting blocked that could be a huge point in a game with two heavyweights like this shannon and it's 28 27 southwood maintains the lead yeah this these are the things that we talk about in these type of games where the special teams become a huge part of it and missing a pat whether it was blocked or you know pushed off to one of the sides is a very difficult thing 
to uh, swallow, especially in that type of game, because now you're chasing a point. You know, you're going to be chasing a point for the better part of the game, and uh, we'll see what happens there as we progress through that uh, second half. I want to, uh, just to give you an idea of how dominant South Adams has been this year. They have played, um, they have played a perfect undefeated season. They're 11 and 0. But when you go through their season, only once did an opponent score as much as two touchdowns. That was Monroe Central back in September 18th as South Adams beat Monroe Central 31 to 14. They, they then beat Monroe Central in the sectional 48 to 7. Uh, they beat Madison Grant 55 to 7. They beat Union City 41 nothing, Woodland 61 to 6, Jay County 55 to nothing. So this is clearly a position that South Adams is not used to, where they they are not getting the defensive stops they normally get. Puts a lot more pressure on the offense, and I think sometimes it's real easy to fling it around the field and and you know play that uh, wide open style of offense when you're cruising and you're up three, four scores, but when all of a sudden it becomes tight, the pressure tightens up, it can become a little more difficult. South Adams right now has got themselves in a dogfight with Southwood. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the, you know, one of the things that I saw with watching tape on Southwood this week is how competitive of a team, and here we go, this is a team that for week one was looking on the outside of a potential forfeit, and all of a sudden they got themselves tested and got their game, got their game in, so they're, they're riding a Cinderella story season, one of their best records, I believe, going into the playoffs as an undefeated uh, team. So uh, we talked about scores from the area and how they would impact our local teams. Now, when you look ahead to potential semi-state pairings, if Bishop Dwenger's able to hold on down at Zionsville, right now they have a 14-6 lead, they would play the winner of Hobart and Logansport. And right now that game is a 10-6 Hobart lead. That means uh, that... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, they wouldn't. That's that's 4A. It, it's not uh, it's not quite lined up right. I was looking for who Dwenger would play, but actually Hobart Logan Sports the 4A game. Hobart has a 10 to 6 lead over Hobart, and that would be East Noble if they're able to come back for Marion. Um, and uh, right now East Noble finds themselves down at home, 14 to 3. That game in the second quarter. Uh, Concordia has gotten the ball back against Chatard. We're told in the third quarter it is 14 to 10 Chatard. Concordia uh, with a possession. Now this game, Chatard got out early at Concordia, and. You know, Shannon, when you go down and play a team that's got the resume Chatard has and they come out firing at you, sometimes it's real tough, tough to respond to that and, and get your composure. You know, it's, it's easy to say, boy, they're as good as we thought they were. Yeah. And, you know, that was good for Concordia too, to come out and, and, and get themselves some momentum after being down quickly in that game and, and letting Chatard know that they were going to be in for a ball game. And I think if they can get themselves, keep themselves in striking distance, don't make the critical mistake, they'll have every opportunity to get themselves a chance to, to be in this ball game all the way to the end. Concordia punting the ball away to Chatard, so the 
Uh, Bishop Chittard will get the ball at around the 41, their own 41-yard line. And again, Chittard leads that game over Concordia 14-10. They're playing in the third quarter. Uh, number of the games did start at 7 o'clock. Marion East Noble was a 7.30 start. And uh, Homestead-Westfield, they decided not to start until 8 p.m. And for Homestead, they may have decided to start about 8.10 because uh, it was not a good start yeah. for the Spartans. The defense... Uh, uh, basically uh, had the ball just taken right down uh, the field against them, and Westfield jumped out to that 7 to nothing lead early. Keys to that game for the Spartans. When, well, you, when you break down Westfield and you look at what they've done this year, just much like Chittard, Westfield with only one loss, and that came to Cathedral in week one. So both of those teams, Homestead and Westfield, on 10-game winning streaks coming into tonight, what does Homestead have to do to win that game? Well, well they're going to have to stop Westfield's power running game. They're very well versed in the run game. So they like to run the football and, you know, utilize some play action pass. Their quarterback at Westfield's completing like 67%, so they do high percentage throws. And I was just looking here and uh Homestead on their first drive got a field goal. So that's a 7 to 3 game and from what I'm told and I talked to uh, coach Zolman earlier this week, I believe Braden Hardwick is back in the lineup. Wow. And we we assumed with the severity of what it looked yes. like when we saw him go down. And they were going to plan on him playing some. And here's the other thing that they were going to do, because they realized they had to establish some type of running game this week. One of their best players is the Anderson kid. And they took Anderson, and they've designed some plays specifically out of the Wildcat to help establish some runs to alleviate some of that pressure if Hardwick was ready to play tonight. So I'm told that that is happening, and they did a good job on their first drive. They got it down to the two, had a penalty that backed them mm. up, and it forced them to kick a field goal, but they had every chance to score, and now that Westfield's back, and this this their running back from Westfield is a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal kid, uh, big, tall kid. Again, we're seeing these big prototypical running backs, these 5'10", 6 foot, you name it, 190 or 220, and they all got speed. You know, and <laughs> it's kind of like, where were these kids about seven, eight years ago? Because you could about have your pick. Yeah. Um, but Zionsville's got some very good talent, a lot of D1 offer kids and stuff, so they're going to have their hands full. But I think Homestead's defense, that's the thing. You know, can they fly around? Can they make plays? Luke Palmer, how do they adjust? So we'll see how that one plays out. The uh, the two teams really kind of similar in their style, and uh, you know, but maybe Westfield perhaps a better running team or more committed to the run. They don't throw quite as much as Homestead, but. Westfield does just complete a deep pass down the field in man-to-man coverage. Now Westfield's in business, leading at 7-3 to against the Homestead Spartans. That game's still in the first quarter. But uh, we'll follow the progress of that one. We've got Dwenger and Zionsville with the lead. But we do have a score flip, Shannon. And it's not a surprise that it comes to us from Southwood. Because that game, every time you blink, you see another score go on the board. And right now, with just 55 seconds left in the first First half, it is South Adams leading Southwood 34 to 28. South Adams scored. They uh, they went ahead, went for one. They didn't go for the two. Right. That's you know that 
that decision, that's one of those that the coaches get paid extra for. Well, not really, but, you know, in reality, how important is that decision, and is it one you agree with? Well, I never would. I mean, you know, they've got the chart. And they're going to have, you know, you, you're down this. Is there a real chart or is there, there a is, figurative chart? There, where? there is a real chart that every coach carries on the sideline. And about a week ago, Urban Meyer did a segment on the Fox Noon big kick, kickoff show talking about this specifically. You don't chase points. The only time that you really give credence to the chart is dependent upon a lot of factors. Where are you at in the game? How are you a better team or a team that needs all the help you can get? And those play big factors into it as well as does momentum. But I never felt like in the first half you wanted to chase points just because the chart said so. So a lot of coaches, that's what they do. They'll, they'll wait until a, a pivotal moment in the game where they feel like, man, we, we better get ourselves that extra point here but sometimes you know with them being up 34 to 28 in in southwood's territory um who knows they may get another touchdown here the way that game could go we could blink and all of a sudden we'd be uh back to a tied ball game or a one-point game the uh westfield shamrocks with an and goal situation and uh they are at the 14-yard line, and so uh, we'll see if they can extend the lead. 7-3, to three, they have it over Homestead first quarter. Once again, all the scores as we have them right now. It is Westfield 7-3 over Homestead in the first. Bishop Dwenger leads Zionsville 14-6. to six. Not sure if they've made it to halftime. Actually, that game is now into the third quarter. We've got to get that updated. East Noble trails Marion 14-3. to three. That that game in the second quarter. Chatard with a 14-10 lead over Concordia. That in the third quarter now with uh, Lures leading Tipton 23-0. They play in the third quarter. And then you've got South Adams Southwood 34-28. And they still are 31 seconds short of getting to halftime. So that is a roundup of where we are at right now. Uh, if you want to look at how some of our teams made it to this point for Homestead, they are 10 and 1 on the year under coach Chad Zolman. He's in his 17th year at Homestead. They in sectional play beat Snyder 28 to 10, and then last week we saw them beat Warsaw 30 to 22. Spartans are averaging 36 and a half a game. They give up 17.8. And uh, they're looking for their 11th straight win tonight over Westfield. The computer rankings, which it's very interesting. The computers can measure much of anything, Shannon, when the SAC only plays each other. But when you look at the computers, they really like Westfield. The Sagarin ratings has Westfield currently number three in 6A. Homestead 16th overall, but 10th in 6A. So if you look at the measurement uh, of Sagarin ratings, clearly Westfield is a pretty big favorite against the Spartans. Yeah, I noticed that earlier as well. And it's one of those things that it's a tool that I think in some ways, you know, you get some of that matchup uh, with those rankings based upon who they play and stuff. So it can be a reliable set of data, not that it's a point spread or anything. We've talked about that before. And But lo and behold here, I just saw where South Adams got another interception with about 13 seconds left 
on and they're driving against Southwood. Wow. So uh, maybe looking to add to that six-point lead. And, uh, you know, South Adams has put up 40 in the first half, a plenty this year. And they've been, but, but the, the 40 that they score is usually a 40 to nothing or yeah. a 40 to six. Right. Uh, this case, they've given up 28 to Southwood. Now, if we, uh, if we go through and continue to look at some of our area teams, how they've gotten to the regional, uh, you look at Bishop Dwanger, 10 and one on the season, the only loss a game of inches where Brendan Lytle on a quarter Quarterback keeper got stuffed at about the six-inch line, and that was the difference in Dwenger losing in double overtime to the Homestead Spartans, and uh, or triple overtime, I should say, 35 to 34. Um, but when you look at Bishop Dwenger, really it starts with the Saints' defense. Then the year they give up just 12.5 points per game. They're scoring 32.8, and Brendan Lytle's been pretty good over the last uh, seven games of the season, and uh, I think that's going to be key for Dwenger is if they get into a one-score game or if they need a late score, can they come up with it? And uh, and can Brendan Lytle carry them if they have to go to the air? But last week, they squeaked by Northside 20-12 to after they beat Anderson to open up the sectional 42-6. to For Bishop Dwanger, they're looking for their 23rd regional. They've been there. They've done that. They've, uh, they're looking right now for their fourth straight regional championship. So this is nothing due for the Bishop Dwanger Saints, but it's also why they're playing in Class 5A because last year they had to bump up a class from what their enrollment would put them in at 4A because of the success that they have had. So uh, that's how Dwanger's gotten here. Now when we go to uh, through the classes, go to 4A, you look at East Noble, uh, coached by Luke Amstutz, nine years at East Noble. Not too bad, 79-24 and 24 in his nine years, and uh, 13 years overall after a stint at Angola. He's 105-39 and 39 as a head coach. This year, the Knights scored just 22.3 points per game, and, you know, they... They have Bailey Parker, who's not there, and so they had to go a different direction. And, and of course, you know, Bailey Parker's been their quarterback for basically four years. And so not the same offense, but the defense has been stingy. Last week, they really flexed their muscles against Leo, shutting out the Lions. But over the last four weeks, they've only given up a total of 14 points um, while scoring 101. So... This has been a team that really has come on. And Shannon, as a coach, you always hope that you're playing your best football in Week 10. And for East Noble, I think Luke Amstetz can honestly feel that way. Yeah, and he's done a you know he's done a phenomenal job at East Noble. And he you know there was a time where they were playing against the Homesteads and the Carols of the world. But you know I've always respected him as much as anything as a as a football coach that you knew exactly what he was going to do offense and defense and uh you know right now they're trailing at half to marion 21 to 10 so they're going to have to find a way to get some offense and try to shut down some of this marion uh scoring uh, moving on through, when you look at Concordia, what they've done this year, and of course we talk all year, Shannon, that the SAC prepares teams in smaller classes like Concordia and uh, Lures to have postseason success. The only thing is, when we talk about it, we don't expect a team like Chittard to show up. Concordia 6-5 and five this year. Uh, they've had their ups and downs. They had the injury to Brandon Davis. Uh, that kind of stymied the offense early. They lost to Homestead 7 to nothing in a game 
that I think if Brandon Davis plays, they might have beaten the Spartans and we could have a totally different SAC champion yeah. because uh, that defense really caused Homestead problems back in week two. But then Homestead, with Evan Ormsby, kind of figured it out and started yeah. to play much better offensively after that game. But uh, that was quite a contest that we witnessed and had the broadcast of back on August 28th. But when you look at Concordia, it's about the, the cadets' defense. This yeah. offense only averages about 19 points a game. They give up 12 points a contest. And tonight, I have to feel like a 14-10 to 10 score in uh, getting into the late third quarter that that's a win for the Concordia defense. They keep no this as a one-score game. They put pressure on Chittard. Yeah, no question. And they've got to keep themselves, uh, you know, giving the offense as much help as they can. Field position is critical for Concordia. Concordia really has to main, uh, have field position offensively. And that's where it's created by... Uh, their defense and such. So, uh, you know, yeah, I think this is definitely a win because they're we're, they're in the ball game. We, uh, you know, the scoring just will not stop between South Adams and Southwood. It is now 42 to 28. Shannon, I believe that's three <laughs> touchdowns that have been scored in about the last three minutes of the first half, maybe even the last couple of minutes of the first half by South Adams. A couple of interceptions gave them ball, uh, gave them the ball a good position. They even scored on the final play of the first half. And now let's wait. They're taking the two points off the board. They're, they've got a flag. And I'm not sure uh, if South Adams is going to have to rerun the extra point. I'm not exactly sure, yeah. but right now it's halftime, and it's either 40 to 28 or 42 to 28. We'll get an update on that. But uh, Concordia right now trails Chatard 14 to 10. That game late in the third quarter, and Chatard moving the football there in Concordia territory at the uh, Cadets 35-yard line uh, for Concordia. They've only got three regional championships, but, hey, you don't have to win many if you win them with quality, and they did pretty well mm -hmm. back in 2016, a uh, run all the way to the state championship, and in, in, in a run that really Concordia kind of dominated, and it was a similar situation. We didn't know how good Concordia was going to be, but once they got out of the SAC, they really dominated and rolled through 3A. Yeah, and, you know, that was a year, you know, they were kind of beaten down a little bit, but they got themselves on a roll, and just the South Adams, they, I guess they they missed it. They missed the extra point after that hold, but my, that <laughs> that one we'll come back to. But yeah, they got themselves on a roll, and again, it's 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 like with any team in the playoffs, it's about establishing your best every week, getting on a roll, kids believing in themselves. It's it's one of those things that you get this mindset that you're on a mission. I like teams that play like they're on a mission. You know. I kind of felt that way about Homestead this year. After they lost that first game, they kind of played on a mission. And looking through here now, they let Westfield go down this field again, but they blocked the field goal. So that may be a momentum switcher for for Homestead at Westfield, and they're now driving inside the uh, Westfield territory. So uh, those teams are on a mission. They, you know, you, you you just feel it. You watch how they play. 
Um, but with Concordia, I think the biggest thing is offense and field position helps them immensely. And you uh, you you see that Concordia now goes to the fourth quarter against Chatard within a score. It's 14 to 10 as they end the third quarter between Concordia and Chatard. And the Cadets defense is making things really tough on Chatard. They're they're struggling to find where the opportunities are. And there's a lot of teams that know exactly how Chatard feels right now, but. Shatard does have that lead, and it really came early. Shannon, with the bus trip, and I know people talk about bus legs. I try to discount it because I'm like, you know what? When you talk about bus legs, uh, these are young kids. They ought to be able to bounce out of a bus and just be ready to go. Now, you and I, we have bus legs. We have bus legs, and we don't even take the bus. We just show up at the stadium, and we got bus legs. We're, we're, we, we take a we take a timeout halfway up yeah. the stairs to get it, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a crazy thing. But uh, I just saw. That Nate Anderson out of the Wildcat hit Kissler on a 60-yard touchdown. A little trickery. Look, putting the Spartans up 10 to 7 potentially here. We'll wait for the extra point to come across. But how about that? Their best player all year, Nate Anderson. Best out. receiver, big catch receiver, yeah, right. one of the best in the state as far as touchdown receptions. Now he's trying to add to his. Uh, touchdowns thrown yeah and that just tells you how good an athlete that kid is that <laughs> he can just go right into the wildcat play another position essentially take a snap do what they got to do now he's throwing touchdown passes how huge is that they had a block field goal to keep the game at seven to three and the next drive they got points we're talking a 10 point swing right there for the homestead spartans huge down at westfield huge play goes almost the length of the field and the spartans have taken the lead on the Westfield Shamrocks, and uh, that game still in the first quarter because it didn't start until 8 o'clock. Let's go ahead and give you a rundown of all the scores that we have at this point. Then we're going to take another break. We'll start with that Homestead game. Homestead leads it, and uh, not sure if they got the extra point. They're up at least 9-7. to seven. I think it might be. It is 9-7 to seven at that point. Miss the extra point, huh, Shannon? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get confirmation here, but I think they did. So. That's surprising because Dugan's a re- Dugan's a good kicker. Good kicker. So I'm we'll have to figure out what happened. So a nine to seven Homestead lead at Westfield first quarter score. You've got Bishop Dwenger leading Zionsville. I know we haven't updated this one for a while. Uh, the game is fourteen to six. Now we'll uh, we'll take a look because we're uh, being told that Dwenger has just gone up twenty one to six in the third quarter against Zionsville. So that's huge. Bishop yeah. Dwenger with a touchdown they now lead it remember zionsville got out to that quick six to nothing start you know you're seeing almost a uh, a match here between what homestead did going down to westfield what dwanger did going down to zionsville and even concordia to chatard we talk about the bus trips all three of those got off to rough starts for concordia they were down a couple of touchdowns for dwanger they got down six nothing to zionsville right out of the chute and for uh, homestead one possession westfield was up seven nothing but now you've got homestead in the lead dwanger in the lead and extending now 21 to six and concordia still hanging tough with with Chatard, it's a 14 to 10 Chatard lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, also, other games, Lures with a lead over over uh, Tipton. Uh, that game 
is right now uh, it is. We'll try to get a. I'm trying to find if we've got an update on the Bishop Lures Tipton score because that game. It's been a while since we had an update, right. and I know we've been getting uh, the reports coming in pretty regularly. So let me just check. Here it is. Bishop Lures 30 to three. Yes, it is 30 to three. Bishop uh, Lures with the lead at Tipton. 6:31 left in the third quarter. Uh, my only comment on that is, wow, Bishop Lures defense. And, you know, Shannon, when you look, they've given up 35 points a game this year. Right. I mean, that's a defense that uh, the lowest point total, they did allow just seven to Whitco. Uh, but, you know, when you when you play a, a week or two, a program, I don't know if you can really measure that. But if you go down through the season and look at the SAC games, the fewest points that Lures allowed all year was the 27 they allowed to Southside. So... Uh, pretty impressive the way the defense is stepping up. You know, Lures kind of reminds had that what we would call mediocre sack season, but we all knew they were a pretty darn good football team. And then for them, now they're in the playoffs. They're they're getting themselves in 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 a streak here, running the, with their offense with the Clark kid because he's played very well the latter half of the season. And now they're they're starting to gel as a total football game, football team for for uh, the playoffs, which is right when you want to be hitting your stride. And just a quick update: I saw here that Westfield took the suing kickoff all the way back down to the Homestead 30. So we may have a little bit of a shootout down at Westfield as well. We got scores coming in all over the place. all over the place. And let's finish up the scoreboard with South Adams leading Southwood 40 to 28. That game is at the half. So, real quick, the rundown has Homestead leading over Westfield, at least for the time being, 9-7. to That's in the first. Uh, Dwenger has a 21-6 to lead over Zionsville in the third. It is Marion, 21-10 to over East Noble. They've reached halftime. Chattard leads Concordia, 14-10. to In the uh, third or fourth quarter, you've got uh, Lures leading Tipton, 30-3 to with six minutes left in the third. And you've got South Adams, 40 Southwood 28, that game at the half. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Plenty more for you as we keep real-time scores rolling in. This is Fort Wayne High School Football Game Night, presented by Masters Heating and Cooling on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Back, and we are in studio tonight. I am Brad Robb, along with Shannon Griffith. Glad to have you with us for our special Fort Wayne High School football game night presented by Masters Heating and Cooling as we follow the action around northeast Indiana. One of the games that, if you blink, you might miss a score is taking place between two top three teams in Class 1A in Wabash, where South Adams now leads at 40-28 to at the half. Joining us, Justin Kenny from OutsideTheHuddle.net to talk about this one. And, uh, you know, Justin, Justin, it's it, it, we knew that both defenses would be challenged. Both defenses have, have been pretty good this year. But this one, all about both teams' offenses. The defense for South Adams came up with two big plays on interceptions that allowed the Starfires to get this halftime lead. Yeah, pivotal final five minutes of this uh, second quarter with a couple interceptions, one by Trey Shock and the other one by Drew Stutzman to set up a couple scores, including the final play of the first half. Uh, when James Arnold threw for a touchdown in the end zone. Uh, the two-point conversion failed, but it, it still puts uh, South Adams up 40-28, to 28, which uh, was a big turnaround. At one point, this was 28-21, to 21, just a few minutes before that. 
Uh, Southwood had went up. Alex Farr, the quarterback for Southwood, has been tremendous. And the South Adams cornerbacks in particular have been picked on several times in the first half, made some adjustments there late, and uh, put South Adams in front here by 12 here as we get ready for the second half. Justin, you mentioned a couple of names that we usually call out on this South Adams offense that they made plays on the defensive side of the football in Trey Shock and, and uh, Stutzman. I'm just wondering, is that an adjustment? Did they add them into the defense, or are they normally back there? They're normally back there, but they've been mixing up in terms of where they're lining up in that secondary, getting some over-the-top help. Uh, on some of these wide receivers because Alex Farr uh, along the sideline, throwing deep along the sideline where the Southwood wide receivers can really use their height and length to their advantage to reach over South Adams defenders. They're trying to go a little bit taller there on the back end now with some help. help. Alex Farr has underthrown a couple balls, and I think the big difference has been the pressure up front. Austin Gorney up front for South Adams, Nick Miller as well, being able to put pressure on far, not allow him to sit back there and wait for his receivers to get downfield. Appreciate the update. We'll be in touch later, Justin. Thanks. All right. Sounds good, Brett. That is Justin Kenny outside net covering things in Southwood where South Adams has a 40 to 28 lead at the half. Once again, a rundown of where we're at currently. You've got Westfield now that has taken the lead over Homestead 14 to 9. Spartans went with a big play on an, uh, on a Nate Anderson to uh, Jared Kissler touchdown pass, a little bit of trickery running it out of the Wildcat and they ended up with a 9 to 7 lead, but Westfield responded quickly and have the 14 to 9 lead they now play early second quarter you've got Dwanger holding on but Zionsville's closed the margin it's now 21 to 13 Saints over Zionsville in the third you've got East Noble leading it or rather trailing Marion 21 to 10 at the half now that was a game where Marion was scoreless after one quarter and put up 21 in the second quarter against that East Noble defense that has been so good this year 21 to 10 and Marion leads it at halftime. It's also 21 to 10 with Chatard leading it over Concordia. Time is running down, so it's 21 to 10. Chatard over Concordia. That game in the fourth quarter, and uh, down at Tipton, Bishop Lewer still has a 30 to three lead over the Tipton Blue Devils. They are uh, getting late third quarter there. Also at the half, you just heard us talk to Justin Kenny as South Adams is leading Southwood. 40 to 28. That is at the half as they start the third quarter of play momentarily. Now we are going to come back. We're going to start to tell you uh, how things are going on the other side of the bracket. So, for instance, Homestead Westfield winner is going to advance to take on the winner of Merrillville Elkhart. We've got some scores on the other side of the bracket. We'll throw those in for you, and we will continue all the way until we've got finals. And right now, uh, the finals are the scores are changing. I I will tell you this, if you're a Concordia fan, we've got a good update coming up, and that is on the other side after the top of the hour. So we will take a break. You're listening to the Fort Wayne High School Football Game Night Special Regional Championship Edition, presented by Masters Heating and Cooling on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 
This is an exclusive presentation of high school sports. It's time for the Masters Heating and Cooling Game Night in Fort Wayne. Get live updates from the stadiums and listen to all the final scores as they come in. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Parkview Sports Medicine. Also brought to you in part by Indiana Physical Therapy and Pizza Hut. Here's your host, Brett Rump. Glad to have you with us for an exciting regional championship Friday, and we're bringing you all the action as it happens all night long. I am Brett Rump, along with Shannon Griffith, the coach, the ex-coach, the former <laughs> coach. We still call him coach. John Graham back in the studio, and uh, just taking a quick look at some updates. Westfield has extended their lead over Homestead to 21-9. to That game, seven minutes to go in the second. You've got Dwenger with a 21-13 to lead over Zionsville. That game now heads to the fourth, and at halftime, it is 21-10. to Marion with the lead of Reese Noble. I understand they're now playing in the third. And joining us, Dylan Sin, who is covering the game for the Journal-Gazette. And, uh, Dylan, it looked like East Noble's defense was winning the battle in the first quarter. But the second quarter, Marion put up 21 points and flipped the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was uh, Marion had the benefit of a, a really good punt return of about 50 yards to set them up for one touchdown. Another touchdown was a 51-yard run that might have been a little bit of a hold on there. So those are two big plays that have really flipped the contours of this game, and they're up 21-10. to 10. Uh, Here we are in the third quarter. Uh, Marion just got a big fourth down stop near midfield. So they'll get, they'll get the ball uh, about, about near midfield with a chance to extend their lead again. Has East Noble had to adjust their offense? Are they having to go more to the air than perhaps they would like because of the deficit? Yeah, they are throwing a little bit more than they were. Uh, their touchdown near the end of the first half, Nick Munson caught passes of 20 and then 50 yards uh, in the last minute of the first half. It set them up uh, at the six-yard line before they ran in. So definitely not the way East Noble wants to play, but they're looking for their defense to make a play, and they, they still have plenty of time to go down and score a couple times here. So game's not over yet, but they are definitely going to have to throw a little bit more here in the second half. Appreciate the update, Dylan. It's always great to have you jump on with us. Dylan Sin, Journal Gazette, joining us here on our high school football game night. Of course, we are here until 11 o'clock. Once we get to the end of the games, we will transfer into our Indiana Physical Therapy post-game show, which will be presented by Pizza Hut. Don't forget tonight, the perfect night. In fact, any night's a perfect night for Pizza Hut. Just download the Pizza Hut app, check out all the great deals and promotions, and whether you carry out or delivery, you've got Pizza Hut to start your weekend tonight after the games, a perfect stop, always your hometown Pizza Hut restaurant. So a uh, check of some other scores. Concordia still trying to hang in there. They now have gotten the ball. They came up with a stop of Chittard, but Chittard's pinned them deep. Concordia starts on their own half-yard line, and they're going to throw from the end zone and complete a pass out to the sideline at about the eight to give them a little bit of breathing room. But Concordia down by three against Bishop Chittard. They are now getting late in the fourth quarter. Um, I think there's about four minutes left to go in that football game, so we'll keep an eye on what happens with the cadets. They battled pretty well, Shannon. That's a game that a lot of people thought was going to be very one-sided, and uh, Concordia defensively is 
done a pretty nice job against Shatar, giving them a chance here in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I, you know, picking up some stats here as we go along in some of this, you know, those so far they've done well on third down their defense with Shatard, keeping them below 40% on defense. So that's good. And Concordia's offense has done well on third down conversions. So a lot of things that are keeping the cadets in, in the, uh, in this ball game, and at the half, they actually had a total offense lead over Shatard, 173 total offense to 149. So a lot of things you could say is playing right into the way Concordia probably would want to play this ball game. So uh, the cadets pinned deep in their own end, facing a third down, looking for another one of those third down conversions. An incomplete pass is going to force them to punt from their own end zone. And right now, it's Concordia trailing Shatard, 21 to 18, as they progress through the fourth quarter we've got lures with a 30 to 3 lead and i'm trying to see if there's an update on that one it is 30 to 36 to 17 that is the update bishop lures 36 tipton 17 that game now has 847 left in the fourth quarter so it looks like the knights are well on their way to getting a win down in Tipton and going into a semi-state where they will take on either Pioneer or Andrean, and we'll get a score on Pioneer and Andrean, maybe an updated score a little bit later. That game's 8-8 at the half, so nothing decided between Pioneer and Andrean tonight, but it does look like Lures at least will survive, and... uh, Shatar just came up with a fourth down stop, and that's basically going to put the game away against Concordia. Just a couple of minutes left, and Shatar takes over uh, inside the Concordia 10-yard line. So it looks like Concordia is going to... Going to fall. They gave it a heck of an effort after falling behind early. They uh, they battled their way back. They got themselves into a position, but pinned at their own one-yard line to start a final drive. Just it wasn't in the cards for the Concordia Cadets. And now Chittard trying to put this game away here in the uh, the final minute or so. And... Uh, and we'll see what the final is there. But right now, 21 to 18, Chatard over the Concordia Cadets, winding down the clock in that one. You also have South Adams Southwood. Now, that game has gone into the third quarter, 920 left in the third. And uh, I don't know what happened, Shannon, but maybe they uh, they lost their fuel at halftime. That game was one of those where every time you got an update, you had an extra score. It's still 40 to 28. South Adams leading it over Southwood. Yeah, that was the one that uh, we were trying to write down, and it got to the point where, well, let's just wait because we're going to erase this score anyway. But uh, yeah, they they just started the third, so you know, get themselves back and rolling, and uh, we'll see what happens. And you know, we got a tight one down in Zionsville in the fourth with Dwanger and Zionsville. It's a 21-13 tight ball game. So uh, a lot of games coming down, but hey, give Concordia a ton of credit because I don't think anyone gave them much of a chance against Chittard. And when I say give them the chance, I think a lot of people thought that was going to be one of those lopsided games that, uh, uh, that you 
see sometimes in the playoffs. But uh, there's a little battle between Fort Wayne and Indy. Those, you know, those two dynamics. Who's got the best football and such? So good by Concordia giving the Chatard uh, a big game. Well, and when you talk about it, Shannon, and you look at Chatard with the 10 and one record, the only loss to Indianapolis Cathedral. But if you look at what Chatard has done over their last four games, 35 to seven, 35 to nothing, 42 to seven, 35 to three. They uh, they had wins uh, with they had a win over Merrillville, who is playing right now in a 6A regional, 45 to 28, and they had wins over Southport and Garen Catholic by a combined 80 to nothing score. That is their last seven games. So this is a Chatard team that arguably could probably be playing and competing at a 5A or 6A oh, yeah. level, and uh, and Concordia. Uh, pretty much uh, matched them almost uh, by the stats, and and I think they did a great job taking away the Chatard running game, and uh, unfortunately, Concordia's offense, which has been their nemesis this year, they just have not been able to score enough points, even when their defense does step up. And tonight, I felt like their defense holding Chatard to just 21 points. And I said yesterday on the Sports Rush that. I think the key for Concordia, four touchdowns I thought would win it, three I thought would make them competitive, and here we are losing uh, 21-18 to 18 to Chatard. And so uh, the Cadets' season ends. No disrespect, to be quite honest. I mean, you, well, Chatard just punched in a touchdown. It's 28-18, to 18, uh, just seconds remaining. That yeah. uh, meaningless because Concordia was forced to go four downs from uh, very deep in their own end, and Chatard punched in a touchdown to make it 28 to 18 Concordia trailing Chatard. it is now 28 to 18 just a few seconds left and that's probably how it's going to end barring any kind of miracle but um, but yeah so Chatard will advance. And uh, let's see, we've got uh, Lures comfortably in front, 36-17. to 17. That game uh, still uh, in the fourth quarter. You've got, uh, in fact, the Lures-Tipton game has 8.47 left in the fourth. And then you've got South Adams with the 40-28 to 28 lead over Southwood. They play in the third quarter. So to give you an update on where everything is at as we speak, you've got... Uh You've got Westfield leading Homestead 21 to 9 midway through the second. At the Bishop Dwanger Zionsville game, um, Zionsville just scored. Zionsville just scored. Now they're going to go for two to try right. to tie this up. So they got a man open in the end zone, a pass, a perfect strike, but he just sat right in the middle of the end zone with nobody on him. And so now a two point conversion could tie that game up in the fourth quarter. Dwanger had a 21 to 6 lead over Zionsville. Now it's 21 to 19. A two point try is coming up for Zionsville that could tie the score against the Bishop Dwanger Saints. And and we'll uh, keep an eye on what happens there. You've got Marion with a lead over East Noble, 21 to 10. They play in the third. Uh, as we mentioned, Chatard putting the final wraps on a 28 to 18 lead over Concordia. Chatard is going to advance. Uh, and so that's your uh, current scoreboard. Concordia with the ball, and Brandon Davis gets sacked. So. Uh, Pretty much this one coming to an end down in Indianapolis. The two-point try has tied it up. Zionsville wow. gets the two-point conversion. And all of a sudden, 
Zionsville and Bishop Dwanger all tied up fourth quarter. Yeah, and this has been a little bit of Dwanger's offense kind of running into some uh, laws here where they've not been able to convert on third downs, and Zionsville's got some big stops. So uh, Dwanger's offense is, you're going to see here in this latter part of the fourth quarter, Brandon, you know, Lytle, this is what I was saying earlier. This is a game, that the type of game where he has to be a factor in it one way or the other on the good side because Zionsville, you know, although they're, I think they're 5-5 five and five coming in, they're pretty good. And uh, I do believe we finally have South Adams scored again in the, their yeah. first drive of the third. But I'm told that that may come back because of a late flag. So we'll have to wait and see and if we can get confirmation. Yeah, he here. did a he had a heck of a job to uh, to escape a couple of tackles. And so, uh, but I did is coming back. So it's still forward, or it's still uh, forty to twenty eight. That game is being played in the third quarter. But uh, but again, as we count down toward the finish here tonight on our high school football regional special, it's game night being presented by Masters Eating and Cooling. A big thanks to everybody at Masters Eating and Cooling for sponsoring tonight's special broadcast. Um, of course, uh, making lemonade out of lemons. It's one of those situations, Shannon, where COVID and the pandemic has impacted <laughs> high school sports. We've seen a lot of cancellations in the college football scene this yeah. weekend. Fifteen games have been taken off the slate. In fact, Herm Edwards has got COVID. He tested positive. And so the game for Arizona State this weekend is, is canceled. But 15 games across college football canceled for this weekend, including Ohio State and Maryland. But, uh, you know, so far tonight, I don't know that there's a regional that has been canceled. I think every high school football regional is being played. And, uh, and that's the good news. The bad news is because of the restrictions in the press box, there's very limited space for broadcast. And we had the option to be outdoors, and Shannon said no. Uh, Shannon said Shannon said 56 or better, and I'm in. It. Uh, they looked. The forecast said 32. Shannon said no way. You can see I have no poll with all the high schools that I've recruited for my 28 year career as a as a college football coach, and they they said uh, who? Yeah, yeah. They said who? But uh, you know, this has actually been. Uh, Pretty, pretty neat the way we've been able to keep up and, and, and keep abreast of games going around. You know, people out there maybe trying to watch along with us uh, or listen to us and, you know, watch as we're uh, trying to give them updates via iPad. So it's been a lot of fun. I, and the games, uh, you know, we really, other than what lures and tipped in, and we've had, we're close ball games. You know, it's well, not. What, Westfield's starting to pull pull it open yeah. against Homestead. Unfortunately for the Spartans, it's uh, it's getting in that danger territory. They now find themselves down to Westfield, twenty-eight to nine. That was a game that Homestead yeah. briefly took that nine to seven lead, and Westfield immediately responded and took a fourteen to nine lead just seconds later. And uh, and Homestead's just never been able yeah. to really get on track. They're now down twenty-eight to nine midway through the second. Yeah, this Maximus Webster kid down at uh, Westfield, I know Jake Gilbert, their head coach, just from our days in coaching, he's 6'2", 225, and he couldn't hmm. say enough about the kid and how special he is, and he's only a junior, and uh, he's just one of those kids that can 
beat you multiple ways, very, very headsy, you know, runs the show offensively, and they felt pretty confident, you know, going into this game, plus their run game. That was the thing that concerned me with Homestead. Could they line up against a very physical front for uh, Zionsville because they're they're cr- Westfield. I mean Westfield. I'm sorry. Six five two sixty five, six foot two forty five, six one two fifty five, six three two ninety five, and their right tackle six four two eighty seven. That's college size. Yeah, you're talking some kids there that uh, it, there's nobody in the Fort Wayne area that really comes close that. And uh, I was worried about Homestead being able to stand stand in there with a run offense that Westfield has. Mr. Dwanger with the football. Tie game 21-21. Dwanger and Zionsville and the Saints have advanced into Zionsville territory. They've got it at the 39-yard line. We'll see if they can break the tie and take the lead back against Zionsville. Meanwhile, it has gone final down in Indianapolis between Chattard and Concordia. The final number, 28-18. to Chattard will advance to take on either Calumet or Mishawaka Marion next week. Now, to take a look at the other side of the bracket, Real quick before we take our break. It's 6A where you've got Homestead and Westfield playing each other. Right now, Westfield with a 28-9 lead in the second quarter. They would advance to take on the winner of Merrillville, Elkhart. And right now, Merrillville, a 14-6 third quarter lead. Dwanger Zionsville, their winner will be waiting the winner of Mishawaka at Valpo. And right now, Valpo, a touchdown up on Mishawaka, 21-14 as they tick toward halftime. Meanwhile, East Noble Marion, right now the Giants a 21 to 10 lead. We haven't had an update on that one in a while. Um, it will be uh, they'll be advancing against either Hobart or Logansport, and Hobart with the 24-14 advantage over Logansport. That game late second quarter. Meanwhile, for Chatard, we mentioned they're advancing against either Calumet or Mishawaka Marion. In 2A, you've got uh, Bishop Lewers with a 36 to 17 lead over Tipton, and you've got uh, that winner going on to play either Pioneer or Andrean. We thought that Pioneer-Andrean game could be one of the games of the night, and Pioneer has owned the second half. It was 8-8 at halftime, and now it is 24-8 Pioneer. So for Bishop Lures, if Pioneer holds on, the Bishop Lures Knights will be at Lures Field next week, and they will play Pioneer at Lures next Friday night for the right to go to Indianapolis and the 2A state championship game. Meanwhile, uh, in 1A, South Adams, a 40-28 to 28 lead over Southwood. Defense is ruling in the second half, <laughs> Shannon. That was our halftime score, and we were thinking we were on our way to about an 80-56 to 56 game. So far, no points here in the second half, and they've played halfway through the third, qu- third quarter. Yeah, not to break away there, but just got update. Zionsville just got a huge turnover on a pass attempt. They sacked Lytle, blindsided him, and he lost the football. They had the Saints head of the ball on the 30 looking to score and just got just gave a turnover to Zionsville, 21-21, and I think that one's a little bit late in the fourth quarter. And uh, and so we'll keep an eye on that one as Zionsville takes over the football. 
in Bishop Twanger territory. And let's see. So South Adams Southwood, 40 to 28. That score remains constant throughout the third quarter so far as uh, they now tick under six minutes left in the third. The winner of that game, by the way, will take on the winner of Lafayette Central Catholic and Winnemac. And Lafayette Central Catholic, a 37-25 lead. That came now into the fourth quarter. And if it is Lafayette Central Catholic... South Adams would have to go on the road again next week because South Adams would be at Lafayette Central Catholic. South Adams would host Winnemac. So if the scores remain as they are, we would have South Adams at Lafayette Central Catholic next Friday night in a Class 1A semi-state. But we'll keep you up to date on everything happening around the area and uh, keep you update. We'll try to get some reports from our different sites, but uh, that is the way it stands right now here on a special high school football game night, regional Friday night, presented by Masters Heating and Cooling. We will come back plenty more here until 11. I'm Brett Rump with Shannon Griffith. Now back to the Masters Heating and Cooling game night in Fort Wayne. I am Brett Rump with Shannon Griffith, live from the studio, following all of our high school football regional action, including Bishop Lures getting the win. That is number 20 as far as regional championships for the program at Bishop Lures. They defeat Tipton, and, you know, this uh, this might be a good omen because Bishop Lures defeated Tipton three straight years, and they had some pretty successful years back in 2010 to 2012. Tonight, the final 36-17. to 17. And what's impressive is going down there and shutting down that Tipton offense, especially in the second half when they needed to get stops. The Knights were able to do it, and let's find out about it. John Feltz is joining us. He was at the game, and uh, John, I don't know if Bishop Lewis slowed the game down in the second half or how they were able to come up with the de- defensive stops they needed, but pretty impressive performance all around for the Knights. Yes, Brett, the second half was Lures running the ball. It seemed like every single play that they, they did find Rashawn Memson late in the third quarter to kind of seal the game. But got to keep your hat to Tipton. They played a really hard-fought game, but at the end of the day, Lures was just too much, especially on defense. Big play after big play, uh, several sacks. So it was a great win for Lures, and it looks like they'll be playing at home versus Pioneer, but that game, I believe, is still going on. Yep, Pioneer with a pretty comfortable lead in the fourth quarter, so uh, so we'll keep an eye on that, but it does look like the chances are pretty good. Lures will be back at home at Lures Field for, to play for a right to go down for another try at another state championship. John, appreciate the uh, report, and have a safe tra- trip back into the town. Thanks, Brett. That is John Feltz joining us live from Tipton, where Bishop Lewers defeats the Tipton Blue Devils 36-17. And, you know, you look ahead and you look at that Pioneer team. They're going to be 12-1 and coming in here to take on Lewers. And, you know, Pioneer is a team that, that started in 1A, and they had to go up a class because of success factor. Well, Bishop Lewers, 
you know, they're a 2A program. They went up, and now they've come back down. And somewhere in the middle, they now run into Pioneer. That is a Pioneer program over the last three or four years has really developed into quite a powerhouse. And it started with Jack Kaiser. Jack Kaiser was a do-everything guy for the for Pioneer. And, uh, you know, he went off to Notre Dame. You see him uh, yeah. playing on Saturdays with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And when we saw him in high school, he was doing most of it uh, as the quarterback for Pioneer. But now he's doing it defensively. And I know we're, uh, we're keeping an eye on what is happening with Zionsville and Dwenger because that game has gotten real interesting. You had a 21-6 Dwenger lead at one point here in the second half. Zionsville has scored a couple of times to uh, to tie it up at 21-all. And now Zionsville with an and-goal situation, Shannon. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be up to the Dwenger defense. They've got to come up with a stop. Yeah. And time is running down. Yeah, there was only uh, they got a big play down to the one yard line. Zionsville did, and there was se- there's 17.7 seconds left. So uh, now we've got word that's the timeout. Dwanger stopped him on the first attempt. So we're probably down to around 10 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Zionsville. You know, looks like they got a great opportunity here. One way or uh, either, another. One way or the other. They're yeah. going to get a shot at it, and it may come down to a kick. And we know what kind of pressure that can be on a high school kicker. But they are in excellent position right now. And and remember, Shannon, sometimes when you kick these balls, there is a point where you're too close. Because yeah. high school, you've got the wider hash marks. And so when you get close you have a, a more severe angle, and it actually becomes tougher unless you can back up five or ten yards. Yeah, and I don't know Zionsville's kicking situation, but you would think, if anything here, they would try to put themselves in the middle and and, and, and then get a timeout and then, and then try to kick the winning field goal. But, again, not knowing uh, their kicking situation, they may be in a situation where they have to score. So we're going to find out here real quickly. Game on the line. Zionsville has it at about the two-yard line, and they are running an offensive play. And they center the ball, and then Schmarks. They'll drop to a knee at the five-yard line. That means this will be about a 22 to 23-yard field goal attempt to win the game and win the regional title for Zionsville against the Bishop Dwanger Saints. And boy, would this be heartbreak for Bishop Dwanger if they don't hold on to this. And you know, we've said, Shannon, uh, going into this tournament that we thought the Saints would go as far as Brendan Lytle would take them. And unfortunately for the Saints, a Brendan Lytle fumble on a strip sack is what gave Zionsville the ball here. It flipped the it flipped the entire game. The Saints were down around the Zionsville 30. Looked like they were moving the football with a chance to take the lead. And then that strip on the, uh, the sack of Brendan Lytle gave Zionsville the football. They've got it now down after a pass interference penalty, which we had a chance to see a video clip of the pass interference that was called. And both of us looked at it and said, is that the right play? That's, you know, there's no flag there. And right. yeah, there was. It was a pass interference that was called uh, against the Saints. And that gave Zionsville a first down. They then have pushed it all the way to the five-yard line where they're setting up a game-winning field goal try with the score tied 21-21. Just a handful of seconds left. And uh, Zionsville trying to win it 
in the in the battle against uh, Bishop Dwinger. And again, I would imagine the Saints, if they have timeouts left, they're going to do everything to ice the kicker. They're going to try to figure out where they might be able to get a gap or have an advantage against a blocker up front. Because this is a game on the line and this is a chip shot. This is basically no more than an extra point. Yeah, they've got some timeouts, so they'll probably use them here. Just a quick update, South Adams has scored again. It's 48-28 with about 58 seconds left in the third quarter. So it looks like South Adams is starting to shake off Southwood. You know, Shannon, it's interesting. That was a shootout back and forth for, uh, what, the first uh, <laughs> 22 minutes? Yeah. South Adams ran out, went on that spurt late first half, and they haven't looked back. But we said, how does South Adams respond to being behind? Because we don't even know if they've been behind all year long. I mean, most of their games are decided by 40 points, and that's by halftime. And this is how they responded. Yeah. And you got to be impressed with that. Yeah, and this is what you would say. This is where kids have grown up, and they've learned from the previous experience that they've had in these games how to respond. That's maturity. That's something that you really can't coach. That's kids being in that position before and learning from it. And now they've got themselves in a position to, uh, to get themselves on to the next step uh, next week. Six seconds remaining, and they're lining up to kick what looks like a 22-yard field goal that would win the game for Zionsville against Bishop Dwenger and the Saints going through the book of timeouts because they've called one, they lined up, and now they've called another timeout. So it is a game-winning kick, essentially. There might be a couple of seconds still on the clock, but not much you can do with them. Yeah, I think six um, seconds is what I saw. Six seconds. It's 6.1 seconds Twitter. is showing on the clock. So with six seconds left, they're lined up to kick a 22-yard field goal, and uh, if it's good, Zionsville will win the game. If it's not, we're going to see overtime between the Bishop Twanger Saints and Zionsville. So it's uh, it's all come down to the field goal kicker for Zionsville. Love to, love to know what they are in field goals this year, but the problem is this is really more an extra point, so you might want to know what they are in extra points. Um, other scores we've got in our area, Homestead down to Westfield, 28-9 to at the half. It is East Noble trailing Marion. They've closed the gap to 21-17. to That game in the third. Chittard defeated Concordia 28-18. to And as you mentioned, Shannon, 48-28 South, South Adams leading it over Southwood. And they will line it up for a third time to try to kick the field goal to win the game for Zionsville. Last six seconds, the kick is up, and it looks like it is true, and it's good. That's a huge upset in my mind. Five, I think they were at five and five. And five and five. Didn't play last week. Right. That won two, the sectional without having to play a championship. Well, that's a two week. And we talked about this earlier. You know, they essentially had two weeks to prepare for Dwanger, and that is, you know, the, in a coaching world, that is awesome because you can a get great tendencies on what your opponent is wanting to do, and then offensively look to break tendencies of your own so that you can throw them off defensively so that's a huge huge uh upset in my mind uh for zionsville and looking here at my feed um marion picked off a uh, east noble pass at their four so east noble was getting ready to score and then two plays later uh marion scored 
on third and four. So the Giants are up 28 to 17 over East Noble with 9:43 to play. So a 14 point turnaround wow. against. Uh, Wow, and now it's a two-score game with with, uh, less than 10 minutes left. So they're in the fourth quarter, 10 minutes left, and it is Marion now, 28-17 to over East Noble, and that game being played in the fourth quarter. So just a real quick rundown, Shannon, SAC tonight. We thought this might be the way for the SAC to measure up with some of the Indianapolis schools. And you've got Zionsville that's going to get the win over Bishop Dwanger, the final kickoff, as the Saints will probably go to lateral mode as much as they can. But uh, time running out. In fact, oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. Well, if you took the spread, I don't know if that means anything, but Zionsville just intercepted the pitch. And, uh, wait, was that? Yeah, they they intercepted the pitch and took it to the house. I think they actually will count that as a touchdown. Yeah. Scooped it and took it all the way in. Yeah, and that's just, you know, trying to make something happen on a, a you know, miracle play, kind of what uh, Stanford did way back in the, the, the day. And uh, it's unbelievable that uh, Zionsville gets a huge win. Yep. Your heart breaks for Bishop DeWanger because they are a talented football team. But tonight, just too many mistakes. You know, they had too many turnovers and, you know, really were playing catch up there for a while. And Zionsville's one of those teams. They just kept in striking distance, and they Dwyer couldn't shake them, and they they found a way to win. So good, uh, congrats to Zionsville, and sorry to see the Saints bowing out. Uh, twenty with a well, it'll be a thirty to twenty one. Yeah, we're, final. we're we're trying to determine uh, if there's confirmation because right now what's on Twitter is it's twenty four twenty one, but we do believe there is a final touchdown that's going to be awarded to Zionsville in uh, in the game's final seconds. Regardless, Bishop Dwinger sees their season end. They are now ten and two on the year, and uh, you know, unfortunately for Bishop Dwinger, uh, they had that twenty one. One to six lead, and it all evaporated in the fourth quarter. I mean, Zionsville just didn't quit, and sometimes it's that will to advance, it's that desire to overcome, and Zionsville found a way to get the job done. Yeah, huge, and you know, you know, having two weeks to prepare for a team, uh, you know, the, they got the the benefit of not playing last week. Uh, all those things add up, but you know, at the end of the day, regardless of how many days you have prepared. Um, you know, Dwanger just made too many mistakes tonight uh, for them to, to, to win a game. And Zionsville, gritty team, well coached. And uh, like I said, they found a way to win. And uh, they're the team that got the turnovers at the right time. And it doomed Dwanger. And so when you look at SAC play, that's a that's a stunning loss for Bishop Dwanger, and I think a disappointing loss overall for the conference because I think Dwanger was a favorite in that game. But the performance by Homestead has not been too good so far. They've right. made mistakes. You know, Shannon, it almost reminds me going back to early in the season when we saw Homestead and they made mistakes. They missed some receivers, threw some errant passes, and really struggled against that Concordia defense in a 7 to nothing victory. 
but uh, they have really struggled against Westfield. They had to go to a trick play, essentially, to get the touchdown that they did get, and then Westfield just proceeded to reel off 21 straight points. Westfield leads it 28-9. to They're at halftime. Yeah, and, you know, I think in that in, in that game, even though we've, you know, Braden Hardwick has come back uh, to, to provide them some lift in their running game, uh, and then using Nate Anderson, the uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed or seen is Homestead has had some drives where they've just broken down and, and not been able to convert or they've turned the ball over by an interception and Westfield has really capitalized. They're just a so they're such a solid football team uh, with their size and their toughness. I'm I'm concerned that Homestead would be able to stay in there blow for blow. But you know they got the second half coming up. You know, they're going to have to get some points here quickly. Um, otherwise, it's like uh, it's going to get away from them, and that's the hard thing. The other SAC teams in action tonight, Concordia, I feel like, Shannon, they really represented well. They were huge underdogs going down to Indianapolis Chatard, and Concordia was within 21 to 18 in the final seconds. They were forced to go for it on fourth down, pinned inside their own 10-yard line. They turned it over and down. Chatard added a meaningless touchdown late, 28 to 18. But I think that that just showed kind of what the SAC does to prepare these teams that are in the smaller classes. Concordia battled almost even with Chittard, and then you had Lures going on the road, getting an impressive win at Tipton. Uh, you know, the smaller class schools in the SAC represented well tonight. Unfortunately for Concordia, they come up short. Yeah, they played that game pretty tough, and I didn't really uh, think they did, you know, Chittard I thought maybe Chittard, that game could get away. Uh, the Lures tipped in. I was surprised of the spread of that game, 36-17. That not being a little bit more of a, a back-and-forth game because of Tipton's offense. But yeah, I think, you know, all in all it's hard to go on the road when you're at this point in the season because the trips are not going to be uh, you know, a short bus trip across town. And now you're getting these bus trips that are hour, hour hour and a half, two hours away in some respects. You're in the middle of a school day. It's their kids, the schedule that they're accustomed to is all thrown out of whack. And uh, coaches and players are creatures of habit. They're very rigid in their schedule. You're going to do this at this time. So on Friday, a lot of these kids, especially playing in Fort Wayne, they go home real quick or, or they stay at the campus and they come back, but their game, they're right there. They're not jumping on a bus trying to go two hours down the road and to play the, you know, the third ranked team in the, in the state or in some cases even a 5-5 five and five team like in Zionsville. So it's one of those things that uh, this is what tournament play does. It makes it exciting. And, uh, you know, fortunately we've had some – we're having some pretty darn good football games. Unfortunately, we've been on the short side as a city. And, you know, uh, I think I blinked and <laughs> – Maybe Southwood put a put a score together. Yeah, uh, giving you a quick update. It is now 48 to 35. Southwood yeah. is on the board here in the second half. There's 10 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, and Southwood has made it a 48 to 35 game against the South Adams Starfires. That game still with a lot to be decided. Yeah. The way these two offenses <laughs> can put up points, uh, 13 points yeah. is nothing. Just trust me. With 10 minutes left. In fact, for Bishop Dwinger, a team that normally plays pretty good defense 
they blew a 21 to 6 lead against Zionsville. Yeah, and, I mean, that's got to hurt. I mean, that is that right. is going to be a painful loss for Bishop Dwinger fans and for the Bishop Dwinger Saints. Yeah, losing, you know, especially coming back, you know, um, <laughs> back. Uh, down the road and getting a lead like you'd want to do, uh, and then have it evaporate the way it did. You know, they had the late turnover. They were driving. They had the ball going on Zionsville's 30, and Lytle got hit on a blind side that turned it over. Then you had the key penalty that gave uh, Zionsville a big 15-yarder that put them down inside the uh, 20, and it enabled the next play. They had the big run that took them down to the two, and it just kind of evaporated quickly, and that'll be a long bus ride home. Won't be shut out tonight for area teams because Bishop Lewers does get that win at Tipton. And for Bishop Lewers, that has to be very pleasing for Kyle Lindsay because last week his team won a shootout where they couldn't come up with defensive stops, but the offense continued to make big plays, and they won that game 56-49. to I don't know if there was a message this week at practice for Bishop Lures to maybe challenge that defense. But the defense came up big for them, and they were strong all night long. Um, shut out Tipton in the first half, gave up 17 points total. When we talked about it earlier, Bishop Lures is a team that on the year gives up 34.5 points per game. So you know, that their defense has been a little bit of their Achilles heel, but tonight it almost became a strength. They kept Tipton at bay and, and also getting that lead. Uh, and, you know, and like I said, Tipton's offense, I thought, was very comparable to what Lures had to offer. They had some big time players, but, you know, I think the Lures corners really uh, stepped up tonight in their coverage uh, defensively, which they had done over the last few weeks. And, you know, that's a huge, huge win for them. That's a big confidence win by going on the road to a hostile place in Tipton. You know, that's a tough place to go play. And to get the win was uh, a, a great feat by the Knights. The Knights, uh, at the time they wrapped that up, they felt like they were pretty comfortable in saying they would be home next week. And, in fact, we were pretty comfortable with it. But we're getting reports that Andrean is staging a huge comeback. Uh, they were down 24-8. to It is now 20. 24 to 21. Andrean has the ball and they are driving with just a minute and a half left. Wow. What, uh, wow. <laughs> What a comeback that would be yeah. if uh, Andrean is able to pull the shocker after being down 24-8 to in the fourth quarter. And uh, that game is still on the line with a minute and a half to play. So we'll track that one. Because if Andrean wins and comes from behind, Lures goes on the road to play the 12-1 and uh, Andrean 59ers. Yeah, that and that and you're talking about a place that's not easy to go play. That's one of them. Um, again, these teams up in that area play some tough football and playing in their in their backyard is not an easy feat and you know again that's a t that's a great matchup either way we come out of that one you look at that on paper lures pioneer or lures andrean that's going to be a very very good football game the second half between homestead and westfield homestead gets the ball imperative yeah. shannon i mean i'm i'm no former coach but i would say this first drive they have got to establish a tone of what the second half is going to be down 28 to 9 as the second half gets underway. Yeah, and I'm sure Coach Skelton, their offensive coordinator at the half here, uh, probably sat down and looked at what 
has been working for them and set a script to start the second half because you want to find what's worked and you want to emphasize it and get back to. This is the biggest mistake you see coaches do. And, you know, you'll go away from the game where they did something, you know, a couple plays where they got all these yardage and then they never come back to those plays. And that's one mistake that even as a coach, when I was coaching, when you go back over your tape, you go, why didn't we get back to doing this? Yeah. And, um, and that's one thing I think Coach Skelton would have done is made sure they would have put themselves in a position uh, to get some uh, momentum here. But like you said, I think it's imperative that they get points on this drive, whether it's three or seven. Uh, they have to get points because if they don't, it's going to be a yeah. long second half. Yeah, you give the ball to Westfield. They get the first second half points. That could just basically destroy any chance that Homestead has at all. And right now, Westfield has a 28-9 lead over the Homestead Spartans. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Plenty still to go tonight. We're going to be turning it over to our Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show presented by Pizza Hut coming up at the top of the hour. And we'll give you final scores. We'll start setting up our semi-state matchups. Plenty more on the way. Hey, don't forget, if you've got something to weigh in, you can always find us at 46862. Text us at 46862. That's 46862. Or you can look us up on Facebook and send us a Facebook message at facebook.com slash 1380 the fan we're coming back with more on Fort Wayne High School football game night presented by Masters Heating and Cooling on 1380 the fan and 100.9 FM now back to the Masters Heating and Cooling game night in Fort Wayne Glad to have you with us on this special Friday night edition of High School Football Game Night. It is Regional Championship Friday. I am Brett Rump along with Shannon Griffith. John Graham diligently working as our producer tonight, trying to help keep us abreast on all the scores and updates. And right now... Uh, we have good news for Bishop Lewers fans. It got very, very tight at the end between Pioneer and Andrean. In fact, Andrean had a chance to take the lead through a pass into the end zone. It got picked off with about a minute to go, and Pioneer will hold on and defeat Andrean, which means next week... Bishop Lewers will be at home against Pioneer. That should be a heck of a game. Yeah, that's going to be a great ball game. And uh, I think we're going to see two teams that are, you know, kind of line it up and tee it up. And I'm pretty excited for that. And a little bit of uh, nostalgia here that uh, the game-winning field goal by Zionsville was kicked by Venetieri's son. Adam Jr. Was it? Yeah. He's at Zionsville. I forgot that. Somebody just tweeted that. So uh, pretty cool to see, you know, unfortunately for Dwanger that that happened. But a pretty cool uh, scenario there with him getting the game-winning kick. And I'm looking here at my... You almost feel at that point when you know it's a Vinatieri, it's like, why call the timeouts? Yeah. I mean, you got, <laughs> you got a Vinatieri coming out to kick a game-winning field goal. And even though, even though the final margin won't make it look like that was uh, the drama... It actually was. Zionsville ends up winning that game 30-21 to officially because on the ensuing kickoff, Dwenger went to the lateral play trying to keep a ball alive with a chance to try to score in the final final seconds of the game. And Zionsville scooped up a loose ball, took it into the end zone for the final score. 30-21, to Zionsville wins it over Dwenger. 
<clears throat> and they will advance to take on the winner of Mishawaka and Valpo, which is in the fourth quarter, and Valparaiso is leading it over Mishawaka. So That's a um, good game, too. Yeah, you've got uh, Homestead. We talked about the importance of that initial drive. It ended up being a three and out for the Spartans. Not exactly what Homestead wanted to do to set any kind of tone to this second half. And now Westfield with the ball and moving, uh, already leading at 28-9 to in the third quarter. Yeah, and getting some big plays, and right now it looks like the Westfield is uh, poised to get a another touchdown here uh, as they're close to the 30-yard line. I got a final here from East Noble. It, the Marion Giants have beaten East Noble 28-20. to So huge win for Marion going on the road to East Noble to get the road victory. So how about a Marion team? They've kind of, I think they've won like eight, nine in a row. Yeah, knocked off off, uh, Delta and now they knock off East Noble and they'll advance to play presumably Hobart who has the big win or big lead over Logansport fourth quarter 38 to 14. So Marion Hobart will be the the semi-state game next week. Uh, checking all of our scores as we have them at this moment. It is Westfield leading Homestead. They're in the third quarter now. It is 28-9. to And then uh, Zionsville gets a 30-21 to win over Bishop Twanger in Class 5A. In Class 4A, Marion defeats East Noble. 28 to 20. That game uh, has gone final. 28 to 20. Marion over East Noble. That is a final. And then you have Chatard knocking out Concordia by a final of 28 to 18. That game, you know, a couple of these scores are misleading because Zionsville really. It was right. 24-21, right, a meaningless right. touchdown. Right. Same thing with Chatard. It was 21-18. Chatard uh, the lead with just seconds to play. And Chatard, uh, with Concordia forced to go for it on fourth down from inside their own 10-yard line, Concordia failed to convert. Chatard took over and then just punched the ball in for a uh, late score to make it 28-18, the final. Chatard advances. You've got in 2A, Bishop Lures. Which at this point, uh, Shannon, looks like Lures may be the lone representative to yeah. survive all this. Uh, Lures defeats Tipton 36-17. to And now they will be at home next Friday night taking on Pioneer, who held on 24-21 over Andrean after Pioneer had a fourth quarter lead of 24-8. to Andrean had a couple of scores, then got the ball and got the ball deep into Pioneer territory, threw it into the end zone, and an interception with about a minute left sealed the deal. Pioneer holds on and defeats Andrean 24-21. to Meanwhile, the, uh, the only game really at this point that, uh, well, I guess there's two games still in progress, but among the early starts, the only game still going on is South Adams and Southwood, which, you know, interestingly enough, Shannon, that game started 30 minutes before East Noble Marion. <laughs> yeah. Marion and East Noble are done. <laughs> South Adams Southwood still trying to decide uh, who's going to score last. Now, you know, this game totally flipped. Uh, this is such a strange game because it was 
it was at halftime, it was 40 to 28, if my memory serves correct. We haven't had a whole lot of points here in the second half. Yeah. Both teams with a touchdown. It's 48 to 35. South Adams the ball, last two minutes of the game, and South Adams has it near midfield. So it, it looks good for South Adams. South, Southwood has proven they're a quick strike offense, so nothing decided we can't uh, we can't put the sharpie on it yet but we're pretty close yeah south adams looks like they'll advance and they're going to play lafayette central catholic who held on to defeat winnemac that game tightened up 37 32 the final so that game is going to be at lafayette central catholic next week south adams goes on the road so lures at home against pioneer south adams if they but teams that have gone down so far tonight include Bishop Dwanger, East Noble, and Concordia, and Homestead down 35 to 9. Yeah, they just scored a few. Now in ago. the third quarter, they're down 35 to 9 to Westfield. We talked about the 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 importance of getting that first score in the second half. Homestead goes three and out. Westfield gets the ball, goes down the field, score. and yeah. adds, a, adds a touchdown. And uh, that's just not the way Sparty wanted it to get started here in the second half. And so they find themselves down 35-9 to nine, uh, with uh, uh, about midway through the, the third quarter yeah. down in uh, Westfield. Yeah, and that was what I was afraid of. If, if they didn't get some positive uh, point, you know, uh, points on that first drive, uh, it was going to be tough sled. And then what ended up happening, they go three and out. And the next thing you know, Zionsville goes down and scores. So it's going to be tough sledding for Homestead here going through the second half. So we have just about reached the point where we're going to transition to our Indiana Physical Therapy post-game show. Uh, the Indiana Physical Therapy post-game show presented by Pizza Hut is going to be coming up next. We'll talk about these finals. We'll set up the matchups for next week. And well, at this point, we've got one winning coach that we can talk to, and that is Bishop Lewer's coach, Kyle Lindsay. We'll see if we can get a hold of him before we wrap things up at 11 o'clock. But once again, we thank you for being with us for this special edition of High School Football Fort Wayne Game Night. Shannon, uh... Your thoughts. I, I think it was a lot of fun the last couple of hours doing something a little <laughs> bit different. Instead of calling plays, we're calling scores for two hours. Yeah, it's kind of our version of the sun, uh, NFL Sunday ticket, except we're we're doing it via radio. But it has been a lot of fun. I mean, these are, uh, you know, calling all these games. We're familiar with the players. We're kind of familiar with the teams within the area and now, uh, you know, outside the area. And, you know, we're sitting here pulling for all these areas schools to get big wins tonight and unfortunately for some of them they lost some tough tough ball games uh on the road you know that was the whole component but we're going to have some nice matchups moving forward next week uh the the lafayette central catholic south adams potential that is going to be a heck of a ball game tradition rich with lafayette central catholic uh so uh that's going to be a good one 
The uh, Just taking a look at my picks this week, Shannon, uh, I missed on Dwenger. I did think the Saints were going to defeat Zionsville, and they end up uh, losing and blowing a 21-6 lead in the fourth quarter and lose to uh, to the Eagles 30-21. to I'm going to miss on East Noble. I had the Knights defeating Marion. Instead, Marion holds on 28-20 over East Noble. Uh, I did have Chatard defeating Concordia. I'm actually pleased with the cadets' performance, especially defensively, and I'm not surprised by the struggles of the Concordia offense because they've had somewhat of an inconsistent offense all year long. But uh, but the way they were able to shut down a high-scoring Chatard team, pretty impressive. Unfortunately, it's Chatard that still sees their season go on while Concordia's season ends at six and six. You've got Chatard uh, winning at twenty-eight to eighteen. Lures. Gets the win at Tipton. I did have Lures winning that game in my picks. I think the impressive part here is what Lures was able to do defensively. Yeah. Holding Tipton to 17, That that's something that I'm sure has made uh, Lures coaches and players very happy with that type of defensive performance. No question. And I think what helped them there because of Tipton being very similar to what their off Lures offense does, they probably got a lot of good looks this week to help prepare uh for the tipped in offense the lures defense did by going up against each other so you know again uh i thought that game may be that uh, 42 35 yeah. type of ball game that's what i was expecting i thought that would be another shootout yeah and um you know good for coach Lindsay and his crew and and getting a big big win and there's another game next week i believe they you know they got pioneer and yeah. you know we all know what pioneer Pioneer has done over the last several years. There's, you know, they're they're a tough tough group of football. The uh, when you look at Lures this year, among their wins, 49-36 over Wayne, 49-46 over Northside, 41-27 over Southside, and 56-49 over Eastside. So it's you know when, when you talk about expecting a shootout, it's become kind of the norm for Bishop Lures. Right. That's been the way they get victories. So to to shut uh, to hold Tipton to 17 points, and now if you look look at the last four games for Bishop Lewers. Now, we, we focused on last week that they gave up 49 to Eastside, but still won that game 56 to 49. But if you look at the last four games for the Bishop Lewers Knights defensively, they allowed 7 to Whitco, 12 to Fairfield, and 17 tonight to Tipton. So it's there. It's there. It, it, you know, it, it it's uh, something that maybe it was a mismatch personnel-wise when they had to go against the big boys of the 6As and 5As. But when you match them up against two-way, it's there. Yeah. And I tell you, the other thing that's really helped Lures is the development of Clark as their quarterback. You know, he is, you know, although we didn't get to see them with our own two eyes, you kind of followed the year along uh, and his progression uh, for Coach Lindsay in that offense, and he has really come along for for Bishop Lures. And I've I've you know I've heard a lot of people talk about his ability and how good of a player he is, and uh, unfortunately we didn't get to you know see the Knights in, in our rotation of school uh, teams this year, but uh, I think his uh, maturity has grown through the year, and I think he's probably playing 
the best of some of the area quarterbacks in the area, and we've had quite a few yeah. really good quarterbacks in the area right now. We're going to uh, take a break, and like I said, we're going to wrap up this Fort Wayne High School football game night. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. You can text us at 46862. 46862, that is our text line. If you've got any questions, comments, anything you'd like to throw in about your team or questions you might have about high school football, 46862 is the number. When we come back, we will be into our Indiana Physical Therapy post-game show as the game's wrap up on this Friday night of regional championship action. For Shannon Griffith, I am Brett Rump. John Graham in the studio. This has been Fort Wayne High School Football Game Night presented by Masters Heating and Cooling on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.